Blessed day, everyone, and blessed Ash Wednesday. So today's topic is three reasons why we must reflect on our deaths. Yes, we must reflect on our deaths. And death is not a pleasant topic to talk about. It's painful, but it's real. And the truth is, we all die. Welcome to Life's My Thing. My name is Cynthia Burley. Okay, so why do we wear the ashes? Well, one reason is we have to remind ourselves of our death. We're going to die. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how cute you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You're going to die. Eventually, we all end up in the same place. So we must remember our deaths and we must reflect on our deaths if we want to make it to heaven. If we want to save our souls and not end up in hell, we must constantly meditate on our deaths. That doesn't mean that we have to be sad all the time. No, we're just thinking about the reality. The reality is that we are all going to die, correct? All right. So from the dust we were formed to the dust we shall return. For today's reflection, I'm going to be using Divine Intimacy. Let me show you the book. If you don't have this book, you are missing quite a lot. And it's actually becoming a little harder to find. I believe I bought it on Amazon years ago. And now I'm not even sure if it's Amazon. So it might take a little bit of time to find it. If I can find it for you guys, I will include a link later. Also, to those of you who signed up for Rigorous Lent 2022, I will be sending out an email in a few hours. I wanted to do this video first so that I can also link to it. And if you have not signed up for Rigorous Lent, there should be a link in the description of this video. If not, I will add it later, okay? So before we start, how about we start with an Our Father, Hail Mary, and glory be. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So like I said, um, every Lent, I tend to use divine intimacy. It was written by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene, I think in the 50s. And you know, the things that were written a long time ago, they are so good. They are so good compared to the watered down stuff that we get now. So I always tend to go and look at the oldest stuff from like, you know, in the 20th century, the earlier part of the 20th century, the 19th, 18th, 17th century. Those things are amazing. It's almost like... You know, because a lot of the people were culturally Catholic, 
a lot of them understood the faith and they wanted more. So that's why I use divine intimacy. Throughout Rigorous Lens, I will be using um, other books as well. And I'll send you guys a list of that. Okay. So remember, those of you who are joining, if you did not sign up for Rigorous Lens 2022, please do so. I will be sending out email reflections from traditional Catholic sources. So make sure that you sign up for that. Sometimes I might throw in a video or two. I'm not promising. It takes a lot of time to do videos and to edit. However, you will at least get a reflection that you can use every single day. All right. Three reasons why we must reflect on our death. The first reason, according to divine intimacy, we have one soul and one death to die. Well, you might say, duh, of course we have one soul. Of course we have one death, right? There are people who say they've died and come back. I, I don't know about that. I don't know those were near-death experiences or actual deaths. I don't know. But I know that the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and after this, the judgment. So we have one soul to save. And that should be our priority, our soul, not the soul of our children, not the soul of our spouses, not the soul of our friends. We must pray for their souls. We must pray for their conversions, but we have to save our souls first. Let me give you an analogy. You know, when you get on a plane and they tell you, you know, in case the plane starts to dive and it looks like you're about to crash, what do you do? You put on your oxygen mask first. Why is that? Because if you can't breathe, you can't help anybody else. That means if you have a little child next to you, your role is to put the mask on you so that you can help your child. If you try to put the mask on your child first and then you lose conscience, what are you going to do? Right? So at the same, that's why I say we have one soul. Our priority is to save our souls, okay? There are a lot of people out there who are evangelizing, doing all sorts of things. Meanwhile, they're not paying attention to their spiritual lives. I'm not going to say people. I'm going to include myself in that too, right? We all have done that to some degree. We get so busy, busy evangelizing that we neglect the time that we're supposed to set aside to pray and to work on our interior lives. So Ash Wednesday reminds us that eventually we're all going to become dust again. We are going to stand before our judge, our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, we have to always focus on our souls. Hello, Lucy. How are you? Guys, as you come in, please let me know where you're from and also whether you will be attending an Ash uh, Wednesday liturgy today. I'd, I'd love to know that. And feel free to comment, ask any questions. If you agree with me, feel free to say so. And don't forget to sign up for Vigorous Lent, okay? If you like this kind of stuff that I'm doing. All right, so that's the first thing that the book says. We have one soul and one death, okay? The second reason that we have to reflect on our deaths is because we have to remember the brevity of our lives. Our lives are extremely short, and that's even more obvious as we get older. I remember when I was about, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, and I lived at home, 
my mom, she was extremely strict, extremely strict. And so I used to uh, dream about one day leaving my home and, uh, you know, so that I can be an adult. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I used to say, I can't wait till I'm 18. Every time my mom would yell at me or something, I'd say, I can't wait till I'm 18. I think that's a common thing for kids. Um, and then it seemed to take so long to get to 18. I mean, 12, 13, each year felt like 10 years because I couldn't wait to be 18, to forever. Okay. Then I turned 18. Then I realized what it meant to be an adult. It wasn't as fun as I thought, right? <laughs> so, and then as I started getting older, I realized that, especially when I got closer to 30, 35, Time flew by. You guys who are older know what I'm talking about. As you get older, time flies. It's amazing. You know, and at this stage of my life, I feel like I'm hurtling towards death. It's just every year is like this. And so our lives are brief. Our lives are very brief. That's why we have to remember the brevity of our lives. How many of you who are watching feel sometimes like life is going by really quickly and you can't believe it? Yeah, it's happening. So our lives are brief. No matter how amazing you think you are, no matter what wonderful things you're doing, the greatness of the things that you're doing, your life will be over like this. Your life is brief. And this is why we have to be careful not to get attached to things. We're only going to have them for a little bit. Before we know it, we'll be in the grave and the centuries will march on. Time will march on. Man, you guys are probably saying, Cynthia, this is some depressing stuff you're talking about. It's not depressing. And it's not depressing because hopefully after we complete our life on this earth, the time appointed to us by God, Hopefully, we are going to be with him. And then that will be the ultimate reward. Everything that we experience on this earth will be worth it. But time is brief. So those of you who are just joining, the first reason why we must reflect on our death is because we have one soul and one death to die. One death to die. And because we have one soul, we have to focus on saving our souls. The second reason that I just gave was we must remember the brevity of our lives. We must remember the brevity of our lives. Time is short. It goes by like this. The older you get, the faster it goes. You're not going to be around forever. And before you know it, you will be before your judge. Don't get depressed that I'm saying this. That's just reality. As Catholics, what do we do? Memento mori. Remember, we die, right? That's what we do as Catholics. The third reason that we have to reflect on our deaths is because all is vanity. You find that in the Psalms. All is vanity. That means your wonderful house, your car, your job, your Facebook following, everything. It's all vanity. In the grand scheme of things, it means absolutely, absolutely nothing. Don't get attached to anything. I'm always talking about attachment and uh, detachment and how we are supposed to be detached. The saints say that we must be detached 
because the only person we should be attached to actually is God. Well, you might say, well, how about our husbands? Not even our husbands. How about our wives? Not even our wives. How about our children? Not even our children. All is vanity. We should only be attached to God. It doesn't mean that we don't love with all our being, our family members, our spouses. We are, especially our spouses. We're one with them, right? They're us and we're them. However, the only person that we should be attached to is God. All things will pass. As some of you, unfortunately, know who have experienced death of your spouses, eventually that happens. So what do you do if all your attachment is to your spouse? When your spouse passes, you no longer want to live. However, if you are attached to God, right? You're attached to God, then if your spouse passes, your children passes, you're going to be devastated. You're going to be sad. Of course, you're going to grieve, but you're still going to have that attachment to God. You're still going to be holding God's hand as you go through these trials of life. And this is why it's important to spend time on the interior life, on spending time with God, spending time with Christ, learning how to do God's will, learning how to love his will. We don't love his will. A lot of times we want to do what we want to do, but we have to learn to love God's will because at the end is going to be you and God. After we pass, after we die, judgment day, you and God. Heaven, you and God. Beatific vision, you and God. So we have to remember that all is vanity, possession, no matter what you have. You know, you can also be attached to not just like physical possessions like a house or a car, but you can be attached to your ego, your pride. Um, you can be attached to your intelligence. You might think that you're highly intelligent and you might take pride in that. You might think that you're a fantastic speaker and you take pride in that. All of that is vanity. In the grave, we don't have all that, okay? So we must remember that everything is vanity. So to recap the three reasons for those of you who are joining, why we must reflect on our deaths. Number one, we have one soul and one death. Focus on your soul. Number two, remember the brevity of our lives. Our lives are brief like this. Soon it'll be over. Make it worth it. Hi there. This is Cynthia Burley. Please subscribe to Life's My Thing with Cynthia Burley on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google. If you listen to this on iTunes and you love this podcast, we would be so ecstatic if you would leave us a five-star review. Leaving us five-star reviews help us to reach more people. Thank you so much and God bless. Number three, all is vanity. We must remember that. So before um, I go on to talking about Ash Wednesday and the liturgy, again, let me remind you guys, if you have not joined Rigorous Lent 2022, which is basically an email, um, reflection series i'll be sending out every day an email reflection and sometimes i'll do video sometimes not um they will all be eventually posted on the website beauty so ancient.com 
However, you will get it in your inbox. So let's say you decide that you're, you know, after today, you're not going to be on social media. Guess what? You will still get the reflections in your inbox and you'll still be able to go on the website and see the reflections. So wouldn't that be amazing? Okay. So now we're going to talk about Ash Wednesday liturgy. What is this cross on my forehead? Those of you who are Catholic know that. Those who are maybe Anglican, you probably know that too. Um, what is this cross on my forehead? Well, this is what we Catholics and, and some high liturgy uh, Protestant groups put on our foreheads on Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is all about penance and conversion. So what does Ash have to do with penance and conversion? If you guys remember in the Bible, anytime Israel would act up and God would <laughs> chastise them, they would then take off their clothes, put on sackcloth, sackcloth, let me say that clearly, right? Like a sack, okay. They would put ashes on their heads and um, they would just, you know, cry and, and, and throw themselves on the ground and, and ask for forgiveness. Well, in a way, that's what we do when we put these ashes. Um, there are some, I believe there are some Catholics who might, maybe Eastern Catholics, you guys uh, correct me if I'm, if I'm not, um, if I'm wrong. There are some uh, Eastern Catholics, I believe, who put the ash on their head. I believe. I could be wrong. And I think in the past, that's how it used to be done. But these days, uh, you're not putting ashes on my hair. <laughs> that's for sure. But anyway, look. So we put it on the forehead now, right? Penance and conversion. What is conversion? To convert is to turn away. What are we turning away from? We're turning away from sin. So it's a conversion. And, and penance is when you do penance, you deny, your, you deny yourself. Uh, of certain things, right? And this is why in the Catholic Church, on every Friday of Lent, we are to abstain from meat, and we also are to fast, which means we are to eat a little bit less. Also, on Ash Wednesday, whoever doesn't know that, you are also to fast and also abstain. Now, the Catholic Church is a little wimpy, when it comes to fast, I have to say, I have to say, little wimpy. Who agrees with me? Uh, Catholic Church, the definition of fasting is, um, I'm going by memory here, two small meals or two regular sized meals. No, let me, let me say that again. Two small meals and one regular sized meal. So, you know, light things throughout the day, then maybe in the evening, a bigger meal, not a gigantic meal that we're used to, not American sized meals, but you know, a regular size meal. Think of if you go to a French restaurant, they give you a little bit of food. Think of it like that, a regular size meal. We are to fast. And that represents our desire to convert and to change. So we do the penance to show, we do the outward exterior penance to show the penance in our heart and our desire to convert. If you go to the Ash Wednesday liturgy, and I'm only going to talk about the traditional Latin mass, I don't know how it is in the Novus Ordo mass, uh, that's Anaphon, and this is what it says. It says, uh, let us change our garments and cover ourselves with sack and ashes. Let us fast. And so when we fast, we are to remember our sin and to be remorseful. So this is what it says in the Ash Wednesday um, liturgy. And so that's why we wear the ash, 
the ash to show that we are penitential inside. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is penance in terms of interior and exterior penance. A lot of people like to do exterior penance, which is fasting. Uh, some people, I remember one year I didn't wear makeup or I thought I wasn't going to wear makeup for all of Lent, but it only lasted for like a week. I just couldn't do it. But that would have been an exterior fast, right? So, you know, fasting, uh, you know, not having coffee. We always say, what are we going to give up for Lent? Not drinking coffee, maybe not eating meat, all of Lent, all that are exterior penances. But a lot of the saints say that the most important penances are interior. What does that mean, interior? Well, I'll give you an example. You're on Facebook. Someone says something to you that's extremely rude, extremely rude. You know that you have it in you to, this is how they say slang, clap back. You have it in you to tell them off, to put that person in his or her place. And instead, what do you do? You deny yourself. We see that's penance. You deny yourself and you don't say anything. Or you just say something that's nice. You say, okay, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You don't respond back. You don't insult them back. That's interior penance, interior mortification. Or if you're the type of person that always has to be talking, okay, you always have to show off through talking, and there's a conversation happening, instead of you taking over the conversation, you just say a few things. That's interior penance. So remember, even though external penance is good, such as fasting and other things, interior penance is super, super important. And interior penance tends to be even harder than external penance. The book Divine Intimacy that I'm using, for those who are just joining, I'm using this book. It says that the end of physical modification is spiritual penance, humility, recognition of our fault, and the reform of our lives. That's what penance is for. Penance is not for walking around showing that you have ashes on your forehead. When I uh, lived in New York City, that was more of a thing because... You know, I had to walk down the street. Now I just go from car to wherever I'm going. It's not the same. For those of you who go to work and you have to, and you wear, you know, the ashes, just be very careful not to get pride, proudful, not to say, okay, look at me, look at me. I'm wearing uh, ashes on my forehead. Um, it's about humility. Okay. So I'm going to end this podcast by reading a little bit from Divine Intimacy. Uh, and okay, so it says, Oh Lord, my substance is as nothing before thee. Our pride, our arrogance needs to grasp this truth, to realize that everything in us is nothing drawn from nothing by the creative power of God, by his infinite love, which willed to communicate his being and his life to us. We cannot, because of sin, be reunited with him for eternity without passing through the dark reality of death. The 
consequence and punishment of sin, death is in itself bitter and painful. But Jesus wanted to be like, like to us in all things and submitting to death has given all Christians the strength to accept it out of love. Nevertheless, death exists and we should reflect on it. Not in order to distress ourselves, but to arouse ourselves to do good. Sirach 740, in all thy works, remember thy last end, and thou shall never sin. Have a blessed day, everyone.